Absolutely. Hmm. So if you get the call for an interview, you're you're in good standing. You're in good standing. If you get the call for an interview, just know that it's something there that they like. They, it's not saying they like the whole package. It's not saying you know they may want it more experienced. They it, it's a whole bunch of things. It doesn't necessarily mean you have the job. So a lot of people get comfortable once they get that call to go to the interview. They have that mindset. Oh, I already got this job. No, you don't already have the job. They just like you. It's just something there that they like and they want to explore. The interview is either going to seal the deal or they're going to walk away from the table. So the interview is just as important as the resume. Even more important because your resume will get you in the door. And this is the saying that I always say, your resume will get you in the door. The interview will get you into the job. Mm, That's great advice. Um, so let, let's get into it. Like break it down to us. Tell us what should we prepare for with an interview? What are some do's and don'ts? And I would like to give a little personal experience before you answer that. Um, because sure. I, I, I don't know, I, I can't offer any advice on what you should do in an interview. I just know <laughs> that in my experience, I had really good luck. I'm going to call it luck because I didn't go mm-hmm. in there plan i didn't have a a, i didn't know the questions i didn't all i said is i'm gonna go in here and i'm gonna be honest that's all i that was Mm -hmm. my game plan and i wasn't nervous because i said whatever they ask me i'm just gonna tell the truth and i'm Mm -hmm. gonna say what i have done and what i can't do and what i'm willing to do this that and the third and Mm -hmm. i had and i'm gonna put this in my book i'm bringing this up because this is relevant um (laughs) i had an interview at this job called caterpillar Mm-hmm. Um, it was for a higher position. I was a temporary worker and this was a full-time position and it was, uh, it, it was a pretty nice job. Um, mm-hmm. but I had, I had done, I had did the job before at my previous job, but at my previous job, that job wasn't glorified like it was with this company. So right. I already knew the job in and out. I had done it. It was just low level, lower level at my other job. And mm-hmm. so I went in for the interview and I'm confident because I know that I've done it before and I'm being honest, like I said, and mm-hmm. the last question he asked me, he said, um, did you make any mistakes at your pre- when you did this at your previous job? Did you make any mistakes? And I dropped my head and I said, man, let me tell you. And I'm I always the way I talk now, if I'm in a room <laughs> with Bill Gates, I just always talk this way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always try to be honest. I'm like, man, let me tell you. It still haunts mm-hmm. me to this day. I made one mistake. <laughs> I made one. I remember the exact one. And I they didn't ask me this. I started telling them what I did, the day it was, mm-hmm. the time, because I remember that one mistake so vividly. Mm-hmm. And he took off his glasses. He he um he dropped everything and he shook my hand. He stood up, he shook my hand, he mm-hmm. gave me a hug. And wow. he said, I have gave uh, countless amounts of interviews. That was the best interview that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And so I knew right then he, I had the job. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, I didn't have, I couldn't give people that science because I don't know what I did. I was just being honest. And he told me mm-hmm. that he respected my honesty. And he knew that if I knew that one mistake that I made and I knew how to correct it and I knew when I did it and the steps that led up to me making it, he knew that I wasn't a person that made a lot of mistakes and that I could correct it if I made it or whatever. Um, Absolutely. And that I was honest. So please, and sorry for babbling on y'all, but give us the science behind a good interview and the do's and don'ts and what, 
I guess, did he see in that situation that others could apply as well? So, yes, your example was was very good um, for your listeners to hear because the thing that you did well was you were honest. A lot of times, um, you you wouldn't even believe how many times that we ask those questions or candidates get asked questions such as, what mistake did you make? One of the questions that I always ask in, in when I'm hiring um, uh, at United Healthcare, because we're dealing with so many departments, communication is key for us. So I always ask, can you please tell me about a time that you did not communicate well? We all had those times. Um, we've always, we've always, we, excuse me, we have always found ourselves in a situation where we may have uh, wanted to say we met one thing, but we said something else, or we met one thing, but our email seemed like it met something else. We've all had one thing that we can at least think of at a, a time that we did not communicate well. And every time a person says, oh, I can't think of anything, that's automatically they're disqualified because you have to be able to acknowledge your mistakes in order to prevent them from happening again. So the fact that you were so honest, I mean, you you really hit the nail on the head. The fact that you were so honest, you knew exactly when you made the mistake, why you made it, and I'm sure you also backed it up with, this is what I could have done better or this is what I can do to prevent it again. That is what got the employer to respect you. More than just like you, that is what got the employer to really respect you um, because that's needed in the workforce. They, we're looking for people who's honest, obviously. But also just other tips I would give is just know who you are when you walk into the interview. So depending on the position that you're applying for, know if you're going in there as I am an expert in this space, I have 10 years of experience, I have my degree I am solid. Or know that you're going in there as, you know what, I may be a recent graduate or I may not have a college degree and I may not even have any relevant relevant experience, but let me tell you how what I've done in my past can work for you. So that's one thing that I that um that I notice. Sometimes people start interviews and they're one person and by the time they finish they're someone else. You wanna make sure you know who you are. You are you are your own brand. So make sure that you just stay very um, consistent through interviews um, and be a storyteller. Don't go into interviews because most of us know the general question that's always asked. Um, Many interviewers ask the same questions. There may be a twist here and there, but some of the basic questions are always the same. So you don't want to prepare to the fact, and I do, you're lucky, Jay, you were able to go in the interview and ace it without any practice or preparation, but I always... Um, advocate for at least if you don't want to do mock interviews because sometimes people do mock interviews and they go into interviews and they think it makes them feel like a robot because they've practiced so much. So if you don't want to practice before the interview, that's fine, but I would highly suggest that you at least know about the business that you're going to interview with. That's key. Um, But be a storyteller. So when you're in an interview, you want to think about it as, okay, I know who I am. I know what my brand is. I know who I'm going to be doing this interview. Now, let me tell my story. Let me tell you where I've been, what I've accomplished, and what I can do for you. Um, you want to make sure that you are that you speak very clear and concise and slow, and don't feel like you have to ramble. Um, sometimes a question is asked, and it may only require one sentence. 
but you don't think that's good enough. So you find yourself rambling and repeating yourself, which I had probably done during this interview myself. <laughs> <But <laughs> no, you, no. Find, you find yourself trying to feel, um, feel the space when there's not any need for that. You know, just be very direct and straight to the point. Um, and also know your audience. Know who you're interviewing with. Um, are you interviewing with the CEO or are you interviewing with who's going to be your supervisor? Are you interviewing with someone that could possibly be your colleague? Just try to have a, um, if you are, you know, all the times we're not lucky enough to, to know who we're going to interview with. But if you're able to know that, um, you know, make sure you do know that. And also with knowing your audience, that ties into knowing the company, what is their mission statement? You know, if you can recite their mission statement some kind of way, figure out a way to uh, recite it during your interview, that gives you nothing but brownie points because it shows that you've done, um, you know, that you've done your research. Um, another, um, another tip that I always give is make sure that you, um, that you are showing your story and not necessarily just telling it. And what I mean by that is make sure that you you find creative ways to say what you've done in the past. So, you know, if, if you've been a, um, I don't know, if you've been a, 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 a head coach of any team, you know, don't just say, you know, I, I coached the team. And this ties back into your accomplishment on your resume. You know, what did you do for that team? Is there one player on that team that you just, were able to excel, you know, they, 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 um, say that all their success is, is basically because of your technique or is there, you know, is, did you leave the, the school or the university or wherever you coach, you know, what was your record? You want to always give facts to back up, um, everything that you say and the best facts to give is accomplishment. Um, make sure that you always maintain eye contact. That's very good during interviews. And also, I know a lot of people tell you, you know, obviously you want to get to interviews early. You don't want to get to interviews too early because it could be a nuisance. If everyone is showing up 30 minutes early, it makes the hiring manager or the the supervisor, whoever you're interviewing with, it makes them feel like they're already behind. So if they're interviewing you and then there's two people already waiting because they're both 30 and 45 minutes early, Sometimes it could get frustrating because that person is now feeling overwhelmed. So I honestly recommend getting to an interview 10 to 15 minutes early. You really don't need to get get there any earlier than that. Um, but that's pretty, that's pretty much it. One thing that I do tell people as well, and it may seem like common sense to a lot of people, but sometimes... Um, Sometimes it's not, but when when your employer asks you that first question that we normally all get asked, do you know what that question is, Jay? What's that question? The first question they tell you, or the first thing they say, tell me about yourself. So when they say, tell me about yourself, um, they're not looking to hear about your personal life, unfortunately. Even though you may be the most interesting person, you may have the most beautiful family, they don't want to know about any of that when they when they tell you to tell them about yourself. They only want to hear about your professional background, your professional accolades, um, your education that relates to your professional background. Those are the type of things that you should be saying when they tell you to tell you about, you tell them about yourself. So they don't want to hear about your dog, your kids. Uh, <laughs> no, unfortunately not. <laughs> we know it means the world to you. And eventually, if you get hired, you can share that information whenever you want. 
but the interview um, process is not the place for it. Okay. Is it, is it okay, I guess, do, do hiring managers, do you all expect people to be nervous? Because I'm, when I go into interviews, I'm not, when I've been in interviews, I'm not nervous, but I don't, I'm not saying that to brag. I just don't know any better. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's why I said I wouldn't give people advice on interview. I just don't know any better. I'm just, that's just mm-hmm. me. Um, it, do you, I know that a lot of people are nervous. Um, how does that come across? Do, does that come across to you that the person may be lying about something or that they aren't, they aren't confident in their skills? Or do you expect people to be nervous when they're in a room, when they're in a room with someone that they don't know that holds their fate, quote unquote, in their hands? Yeah, you. We, we expect people to be nervous. That's one of the things that we learn in training is don't judge a person based off of their nervousness. So don't say, oh, my gosh, I think they're just so nervous that they're lying. Uh, or I think they're just so nervous that they're not confident in themselves. Honestly, with me, I always do my interviews um, in a laid-back type of environment only because I'm trying to relax the candidate as much as possible because the more relaxed they are, the more you're going to get out of them. So I always start by, you know, we're just having an interview. Just think of this as, uh, I'm sorry, we're just having a conversation. You know, just think of this as us talking. Just good hiring managers and good, um, you know, recruiters, they're going to start off by saying something that relaxes you because it's a number, it's, it's a known fact that candidates across the board except Jay are nervous <laughs> um, when they go on interviews. So don't, don't let that bother you. Um, and a lot of times what people don't fail to realize is sometimes the person interviewing you is just as nervous as you. Um, all of, you know, getting an interview is not, is not easy. Um, asking questions, you know, listening for answers. I mean, it's not easy. So both of you are really um, in an uncomfortable situation. You know, you, you just don't want to show it too much. Don't let it stand in the way of, of giving, you know, giving it your all. But it is, is, is widely known that candidates are nervous and that's okay. Okay, I think that that's really good information for listeners to know so they won't wreck their brain about, oh, my God, I have to try to be so stoic or I have to be this way. You know, they can just be themselves and realize that yes. the, the hiring manager expects you to be a little nervous. That That's great information. Exactly. Um, yes, absolutely. Is there any, I don't know if you want to, you know, give this away, but is there okay. any body language that, the person being interviewed can pick up on the uh, on the hiring manager that I guess that they give off that you messed up or that they're not interested or you're going down the wrong path and you need to reel it back in. Is there any kind of buy or do you all train to not give that off? Is there any yeah, way that they can tell like, OK, I'm messing up or. Yeah. The only thing I said, we are trained. We don't with knowing that candidates are already nervous. We shouldn't add to that nervousness. So if you're interviewing with someone who has been through extensive training, they should make you feel relaxed when you, and honestly, this is, it's probably not a good thing, but regardless if you ace the interview or if you just completely, you got to F. When you walk out of that interviewer's room, you should feel like a million bucks. That's just what my training has taught us to do. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, we're all people, some days we just have a bad day. So an interviewer should never make you feel bad. They should never even let you know that you're doing bad. The only thing that I can um, give a tip on is if an interviewer has to ask, 
can you repeat that or what do you mean or elaborate? Just know, okay, I need to be more um, clear on my answers or I need to elaborate maybe a little more. I need to speak up more, um, whatever the case may be. Um, but though that would be the only time where I said that you may want to think about readjusting how you're interviewing is if, you know, your interviewer has to ask you, what do you mean? Or elaborate or, you know, what does, you know, what does that mean? Anything mm-hmm. along those guidelines, just take heed and be like, okay, the next question, I'm going to be very clear, very concise. Maintain eye contact. Um, a flip side to knowing body language of the interviewer, the interviewer looks for body language of the person they're interviewing. And if you're maintaining eye contact and then all of a sudden your eyes drop, um, that means that either you don't know what to say next or you may be lying and you're just filling in, you know, you're just rambling off. Anytime you maintain good eye contact during an interview and then all of a sudden it just drops um, when you start talking about something, that is, that, that's a red flag. So, you know, just always try to maintain that good eye contact. Will, will you stop an interview for any reason? Personally, me, no. Now, I, well, let me rephrase that. I will, but the person I'm interviewing won't know it. So there are certain questions that I start with right off the bat to see if it's a good fit or not. Probably my interview questions, probably about seven to eight questions, not not really too many, um, but about seven to eight. And um, if you get to about three and four, and I arrange my questions based um, off of the the priority ones are first. So I can know, okay, if they pass this one, keep going past. So it's a system. So if you don't make it to seven or eight questions, you won't know that I've cut it short, but I would have known that. Now, that's not to say if you go into an interview and they only ask you three or four questions that they've cut you short and you're not going to get the job. That's just something I do personally to save time um, because some of the most, the, for the roles that I'm hiring for, some things are just necessities. There's no way around it. Either you have to have had that experience or you have to give a situation where you can explain what you would do. I mean, it's just some things that, you know, not just me, but just hiring managers in general, just some some skills and experience you just can't budge on. You know, you need to have that. So I just make sure that I don't want to waste, you know, my time and I, I don't definitely don't want to waste the person who's looking for a job. I don't want to waste their time. So I'm not going to go through all of the questions if I know after the third one, okay, this this is not going to work. Last question. Sure. A- attire. Um <laughs> I I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a, a suit and tie kind of guy. I am a basketball mm-hmm. shorts and Nike slides kind of guy. I'm, of course I'm not gonna wear that to an interview. Uh, right. but um I guess what are some do's and don'ts with, with our with our attire? Like do people overdo it? Like you should you not come in there with the whole church suit? <laughs> um <laughs> Should you not come in there with That's the... a great question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to us about the attire in the interview. So I always say for men, um, and this is probably just in general, but it's always easier for them to uh, dress for an interview versus us, except when it comes for interviews. Now, ladies, no matter what position we're interviewing for, we can always get by by wearing either a dress and heels or you know, slacks and a blouse, pretty much any position we can go to an interview dressed like that. 
Um, make sure you're wearing a professional dress, not a dress that you would wear to the club. So before you leave home, you know, just take a look in the mirror and say, would I wear this if I was going to the club? If the answer is even, maybe you need to change. <laughs> but other than that, um, dresses, you know, heels, slacks, and a blouse, that's fine for women. For men, it does depend. So if you're applying for a, if you're not applying for an executive position, there's no reason you need to show up in a three-piece suit and tie. There's just not. Khakis or slacks, you know, and a button-up or a collar shirt, that's fine. Does it have to be tucked um, in? Tucked in, yes. Oh, it needs to be tucked in. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, but if you're, you know, if you're applying to an executive job, of course, you absolutely need to show up in a suit and tie. Um, but that's not needed across the board. So for the men, it would depend on the position that you're applying for. But women, like I said, we can get away with the dresses, the slacks, the blouses, no matter what position we're interviewing for. And, and you know, I guess I should have um, brought this up earlier, but mm-hmm. a lot of the information that you gave is you know throughout this whole show about do's and don'ts and you know things that we should do does, does that uh apply to men and women across the board like is it for oh, yes, everyone absolutely. okay absolutely yes. except for at, with the actual interview and the tire that's when you i guess separate it a little bit Yes, and that's the only time that I would separate the two everything else is across the board only when it comes down to the dress would I say that is different Okay. Okay. And let me excuse, let me reword that. When it comes down to the attire, because the women are going to be wearing dresses, so I'm not saying the men are going to show up in dresses, but um, yes, only when it comes down to the attire, um, would it be different? Okay. All right. Um, I just want to thank you. So I've learned so much <laughs> throughout this show. Okay. Uh, if I had my sound effects, I would definitely give you an applause right now because that was amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I learned thank a you. lot. Thank you so much for all the information. I did want to thank ask you. you, with with you juggling your professional career and you juggling your businesses and your entrepreneurial endeavors um, and, and doing it for so long, could you provide us some some, I guess, lessons that you've learned throughout the years of doing so like what have you learned from day one to now uh do you have a favorite failure um like is something that you would tell the new and aspiring entrepreneur like what what is some of the information you don't have to i guess answer each question that i just put in there individually but i guess a lump sum uh i mean i get uh i guess a overall answer or synopsis that could fit that equation uh, what what would you say to those individuals and what would you say that you've learned throughout your time? So for the entrepreneurs and small business owners, my advice would be simple and it would be don't quit. It gets hard. Um, it gets very hard. You know, sometimes you have weeks where you are booming and you have more clients than you can take on. And then some weeks you may not have any clients at all and you may be sitting there like, okay, is this worth it? Don't ever ask yourself if it's worth it. If you started it, it's worth it and keep going. You're going to go through trials and tribulations, I believe, throughout the whole, throughout your whole um, entrepreneurship journey. You know, that's just, it's just life. But just don't quit. Um, again, you started it for a reason, so finish it. Keep going to the finish line. 
listen to people like Jay who provides inspiration and all of these great sessions um, with different people on that can give, you know, different perspectives and different experiences um, on entrepreneurship and owning a business because it's not hard, um, but there are resources out there to help you. So my advice to, you know, all of your listeners out there um, would be don't quit. For anyone who has a career or trying to break into a career, I would also say, you know, don't quit. And don't think, I have a favorite saying, and I always say there's always more than one way to get it. Um, and a lot of times we get discouraged if we don't have the degree that we want or we don't have a degree at all, if we don't have the number of years of experience. It could just be so many things that prevents us from saying, you know what, I'm going to apply for this job, or you know what, I want to get here, but I don't think I can. Yes, you can. You can get there. It's just a matter of how bad do you want it. If you want it bad, you're going to work your tail off and you're going to get to where you need to be no matter what. So I guess my advice to both to both uh, sets of listeners would be the same, but it's just simply, you know, I've just learned in, day that, uh, learned in life, Jay, that obstacles, they come and they go. You know, our highs and lows, they come and they go. But as long as we have more highs than lows, we know we're on the right path. So just don't quit. Just Just stay at it. That was amazing advice. Amazing advice. <laughs> and and please, just please, uh, I felt that you already answered this question when you were speaking to the entrepreneurs and you were speaking to those in the corporate world. But could you please mm-hmm. drive it home for my military brethren? Because Oh, absolutely. Be, because, you know, one of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons why I started this whole journey of public speaking and mm-hmm. doing this podcast is because when I was in the military and I decided that this was not for me and I wanted to separate from the military, mm-hmm. I came encounter with so many people in the military that wanted to do the same thing. Like it was not for, it hadn't been for them for years, but they were sticking mm-hmm. it out because they were so scared to jump out mm-hmm. in the corporate world, in the civilian world. They didn't feel like they would be able to take care of themselves and their family. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to show them that they can. I just every chance I get I want to tell them that you that they can. Um and that's not to say that the military isn't for some people because it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not talking about them. Like hats off to them, the kudos. But for the right. ones that want to do something else with their life, Please let them know that, that they can do. What advice do you have for, for my military brethren? Know that the experience that you have gained in the military is worth so much in the civilian world. That is what I would, I would want all of your military listeners to just look in the mirror and just know that even though you may have specialized training, what you think you may be doing, you may think is only relevant to the military, it's not. When you are ready to make that transition, find you a great resume writer who will be able to take that experience and translate it for you. You probably won't be able to do it on your own because you're military, so you have that military mindset. You need a civilian resume writer who can take everything, all of the great attributes, um, experience, skills, everything that you've learned. It can be done. Um, I see it done all the time. I help people who who just gotten out of the military to make that transition. Um, and I know how important it is. I have a brother that's currently serving right now, and I'm always talking to him about, you know, 
what's next? If there is anything next, you know, or if you are going to make other moves, you know, what are you thinking about? And I have these same conversations with him. So this is actually, you know, very personal for me, too. Um, I always tell him all the time how his experience, all the experience that he's getting right now, how he can use it in his civilian world. And it is scary. You know, I know that firsthand, you know, I've heard you express it, Jay. I hear my brother um, express it all the time. And it's funny, his name is J.D. You're Jay, he's J.D. And he used to but hey. He <laughs> Yeah, he, you know, he expresses it all the time. You know, well, when I finish, what? I mean, he'll call me all the time and say, hey, I'm taking this course. It's about this. What, what do you think I would be able to do with it, you know, in the civilian world? And I give him the countless amount of possibilities. So it is possible. You know, um, if there's anyone, any of the military listeners on the call right now, who just want to talk about some of the possibilities, you know, I am open to that. Um, you know, please, please contact me and I will definitely um, let you know what's out there and let you know that it is possible because it is. Don't put yourself in the box. That's that's what I'll say. Don't put yourself in the box because you don't even realize how much experience you have that a lot of these jobs in the civilian world, they're looking for Great advice. And I just noticed something while you were talking. I noticed that you are very humble um, <laughs> because when you said that you need to find a civilian writer, if it were me, I would say you need to hit me up right now. Uh, <laughs> I am the civilian writer that you need. Um, please contact yeah. me. Yeah. 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 But no, it doesn't have to be me. You know, it can be anyone. There's tons of tons of tons of tons of professional resume writers out there. I didn't even know how many there were out there until I started, you know, going for training, meeting people, getting um, affiliated with different associations, and it's just like a whole world of us out there. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be me. You know, I I don't just specialize in military resumes. I do them, but I don't specialize in them. But there's people out there that, that just strictly specialize um, in resume writers. So, you know, I would be I would be glad to help more than willing to help. But, um, again, you know, it doesn't have to be me. Just get you someone um, who's very experienced, and not only experienced, but someone who has your, uh, your best interest at heart. One thing that I will um, say, and I don't want to be off the subject, Jay, but one thing that I will say is never choose a resume writer who guarantees that they can land you a job. That's not possible. We There's so many different factors that's taken in. Um, to consideration when people are applying for jobs. So that would be a, a red alert for me, and especially to not just the military um, folks, but more so them because, you know, they're, this, you know you're catering to them, Jay. You, you're really here for them. You don't want to be taken advantage of. So anytime you hear someone say that, oh, I know for a fact I can get you this job, just tell them you, you politely decline their services <laughs> um, and seek someone else. Um, because, you know, that, like I said, again, there's a lot of things that's taken into consideration. But I will say what I do offer is 100% current satisfaction that you will um, like the, the look of your resume. So I build resumes from scratch. Um, so do a whole lot of resume writers um, out there as well. But just get you someone who has your best interest in heart. Because well, getting with the wrong career services guru, you know, it could put a sour taste in your mouth. So I'm trying to give you the things to, to look out for to avoid that so that you won't get discouraged in the process of trying to find, you know, civilian roles. 
Well, for those listening that said, you know, that's all well and good, but I feel comfortable with you. You were on with Jay. I love the content oh, that you, you. provided. <laughs> I want your thank services. You. I'm going to get out of the military. I'm going to make this career transition or whatever it may be. I want to seek your services. Please let them know how they can get in contact with you for those services. Oh, yes, absolutely. So you can visit my website. My website is www.sophisticatedresume. So that's S-O-P-H-I-S-T-I-C-A-T-E-D resumes.com. Um, all my services are listed there, you know, about me. You can read about me. This is the full website. You can book a consultation um, if you want to. Um, all of the options are there. And I will say for any listener um, who may be on the call, if you do, um, you know, decide to hire me, if you're looking for a resume writer, when you're filling out a form or when we when we speak for the first time, make sure you mention Jay, um, and I'll give you all 20% off any service or services that you, um, hey. that you yeah, that you can. <laughs> so just mention Jay, and I will give you 20% off. And since his military folks are very near and dear to him, I'll, and my brother is in the services, which I said really, um, really touches home. For you guys, I'll do 30%. Hey. All the military folks, and we'll give you 30% off. Well, there you go. There it is. I hope that they do reach out to you because uh, very professional and obviously very oh, well you. versed in what you do and very knowledgeable. So um, I, I don't know. So do you want people to follow you on social media? Do you want to plug that? Or, I mean, it's up to you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> So I'm on um, I'm on Instagram, just sophisticated resume writer on Instagram. Um, so you can find me there. Um, also on Facebook as well as sophisticated resumes. Um, so yeah, follow me, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Again, thank you so very much for joining me on the show today. It was a pleasure. Well, the pleasure has definitely been all mine, Jay. You definitely have a great show here. Um, and again. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for allowing me to come on and speak. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, no problem. Oh, I forgot one thing. I always almost forget this one thing that's so <laughs> important. It's so important. We need, my listeners, I need it. Everyone needs it. A motivational song of the week. All my guests, they give one. Sometimes they're not so good. Sometimes they're great. Nah, most of the time they're good. I'm just playing. Um, but do you have a motivational song that really gets you going? Oh my gracious. So, you know, when I, in the mornings, I, so I'm an R&B type of girl, mm. but in the mornings I have to have some hardcore rap. So I had to be on Pandora and I had to, I had to listen to rap. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's not necessarily a song. For me, it's just the theme. <laughs> so any rap song can pretty much get you hyped and make you feel like you're on top of the world. So mm. that's how I start my mornings out. Okay. Okay. And uh, do you listen to Drake? Yeah. Hey. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> hey. There we go. Yes. Remember that everything is God's plan. Hey. Um, if you believe, if you believe, you know, if you're religious and you believe in that, just know that this battle is not ours. We're just here to serve a purpose, a greater purpose that we don't even sometimes understand. But you know, never give up, never quit, and um, we can all make it. There's room for all of us. I like telling people that. Um, you know, don't don't have hate and envy in your heart. Be happy when you see people winning um, because your time is coming. 
And it, it, if you don't believe in God, if you're not religious, then that song, God's playing, you should be at this point. So there's no more excuses. So I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sharika, thanks again for joining me on the show today. No, thank you. The pleasure has been all mine. Take care. Jay Sutton, the Strong Dot Podcast. We out. Thanks for listening.